This is an Encounter Co. podcast. Enjoy. What do you guys think a vampire would sound like if he was from New Orleans? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah? Yeah, but with, with probably like a I want to suck your blood in there somewhere, you know. Like a why want to suck your blood? Is that, is that I Is that what New Orleans people sound like to you? Have you ever been to New Orleans? Uh, I've been there once. Then you should know. No. Or actually, no. You know what? They're all just Theo Vaughn. They're all just Theo Vaughn. There we go. Now, if I wanted to, could I suck your blood, please? This one guy down the road, his name was, we called him Vlad the the Suck Daddy. He was one of them Suck Daddies. And (laughs) he'd pay us 25 nickels and he'd put two of them them canines right in our throat and just give us a little lightheaded adventure. You know what I mean? <laughs> you do a really good Theo Vaughn impression. Thanks. Man. You do a really good Theo I have, Vaughn. I have, I have concerns. <laughs> That's just in. Paranormal phenomena of almost biblical proportions have been sweeping the nation, causing mass hysteria among the populace. We all go a little mad sometimes. And I'm here to do the devil's work. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You must come at night. Welcome everybody back to Don't Tap the Glass, the spooky horror occult podcast where we bring different topics to the table and talk about them and divulge whether or not we think they're real. Um, Join with me as always is the vampire that can definitely not be trusted, Brandon Hall. I want to suck your your blood hi uh, my name <laughs> you, is brandon you, you, you. i am i'm not a vampire but i feel like one sometimes i sleep all day because i hate the sun <sighs> get it uh falling in you reverse in joke. florida um, so that makes sense oh that was our <laughs> falling reverse joke damn <laughs> yeah i was just quoting i'm not a vampire by falling in reverse gotcha I, I, I i'm not familiar with that one actually <laughs> Oh man, we're off to a great start. Also joining me as always is our resident New Orleans expert, Shelby Godfrey. Hi, what? <laughs> what did you just say? No, our, I'm not. A resident New Orleans expert. Absolutely not. Absolutely you love New not. What are you talking That's about? That's your new title. Take it or leave it. I mean, New Orleans is fun for a short amount of time. I could do without, you know, a lot of the people that are not nice there, but Fair, but fair. I mean, there's a lot of nice people. You've had more experience with New Orleans than I think both of us. So you're you're our you are New agree. Orleans. You are our New Orleans expert. Words are hard, folks. Luke, Words we were there hard. for the same amount of time, and I was sick half the time. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now I know what you're probably thinking, Luke. Why are we talking about New Orleans and vampires? Those things don't correlate at all. Well, surprise, surprise. They do. Uh, today we are talking about Jacques Saint Germain, the New Orleans vampire, or uh, you may know him by his other names, the Louisiana vampire or Vampire Jacques. Um, probably the most famous vampire, quote unquote, of the South. Um, it's still up for debate whether or not he was actually a vampire or if, you know, 
people in New Orleans just be crazy. Ho, ho, ho. But uh, that's what we're going to dive into today. Do, do either of you have any knowledge about this man? Absolutely not. Cool. Such an expert. I just hope that when I die, people are debating on whether or not I was a vampire. This guy sounds cool as hell. No matter what, <laughs> I'm, I'm on his team right now. I, you know, I've looked up images of him. He, he's, he's, he, he's a handsome lad, but not, not, not that handsome. So I'm just going to keep picturing Astarian from uh, Baldur's Gate every time that I picture him. And I hope you as the audience will do the same. So it's not too far out of the way to believe that vampires could exist in the vibrant city of New Orleans with it being such a melting pot of different cultures and a magnet of diverse traditions and storytelling. Uh, so it would make sense that Tales of the Undead would make their way to this town come the turn of the 20th century. Um, according to legend, sometime in the early 1900s, a mysterious man named Jacques St. Germain arrived in New Orleans, taking residence at 1039 Royal Street. This is basically a mansion uh, for New Orleans. It's three stories. It's on a corner, so it's got a lot of curb appeal going on there. It was basically a mansion. This guy just comes out of nowhere, buys a mansion in the heart of the city. Obviously, that's going to stir up some gossip. Uh, Jacques quickly gained a reputation around town for walking about the streets every weekend with a different beautiful partner at his side and also for hosting elaborate dinner parties his parties were always the talk of the town and allegedly uh awaited for by all who were able to attend uh jacques always had the finest selections of food and wine available at these and according to locals at the time he also had a captivating presence always being able to spark up interesting conversations no matter what the subject he enchanted his guests with tales of the history of france italy the wilds of africa the mysteries of ancient ancient egypt um it was also noted by his guests that he always was very incredibly versed in the english language it's up for debate whether or not he was well versed in other languages there's that there's one rumor that was spread that he knew up to 13. Um, but what we know of the man was that he lived in New Orleans at uh, this time frame and that he was real good at speaking English. Those are the facts of the case. Everything else that we're going to go into tonight is just hmm. rumor and speculation on top of rumor and speculation. But amidst all of this enjoyment, a sense of curiosity lingered. With these tales that Jacques would tell about the histories of these different countries and stuff the question lingered in his guests minds how could this man recount parts of history in such great detail as though he had actually been there at the time this sparked debates about jacques true origin but ultimately uh just added to the glorification and the mystery surrounding him at the time then at one party uh jacques saint germain declared himself a direct descendant of the esteemed Count St. Germain, who was a close confidant and servant to King Louis XV. Uh, this was met with a lot of doubt as uh, the story was steeped in a lot of legend and myth. However, guests couldn't help but realize that Jacques St. Germain bared an uncanny resemblance to the Count. This is where the theories of Jacques being a vampire begin, as <clears throat> he... As there's never been a depiction of Count St. Germain aging past the age of 40, the same age that Jacques seemed to look. The Count was a famous alchemist at the time. Uh, it was thought that he was found, 
It was thought that he had found out Ooh. how to create elixirs of immortality. Did the was the main ingredient was the main ingredient of that elixir the blood of of New Orleans humans? We're about to find out. No, the uh, the count oh, actually lived in like uh, ancient European times, so that would have been like before Jacques had moved out here. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, the rumor being that the Count figured out how to have this elixir, uh, didn't age past the age of 40, and began moving around from place to place, changing his name, essentially. As speculation fueled the fascination around uh, this rumor, uh, Jacques never never confirmed nor denied these claims, saying that it added to the illusion and the mystery. Of these lavish parties and feasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it came to these lavish feasts that were always put on, uh, Jacques was never actually seen indulging in them, but rather experiencing the ambience from afar. Many guests at the time stated that they had never actually seen the man eat anything at all, only ever holding a finely crafted chalice that was believed to have the best tasting wines in it. This is going to be important later. This caused whispers and jokes to spread like wildfire. Was he a monster or just a master showman? Uh, These jokes turned to actual concern after an incident that would change everyone's perceptions forever. Um, Oh, God. After about 10 years of living in New Orleans, uh, a woman had reportedly fallen from Jacques' balcony at uh, his mansion. The woman rumored to be a prostitute deliberately leaped from the balcony as she claimed that Jacques had bitten her neck and not in a fun way. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, she shouldn't have been kink shaming. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah, honestly. Like, well, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Consent, 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 consent. Yeah, that's like, you can't spell kink without consent. Uh, There's a K or a C somewhere in there, right? Uh, Wait, no, <laughs> kink is K-A-N-K, never mind. There you go, there you go. Do y'all remember when Pitbull rhymed Kodak with Kodak? Hmm? How about when T-Pain rhymed Mansion with Wisconsin? Pretty revolutionary, right? You know what else is revolutionary? Dubby. <laughs> what the fuck is Dubby. <laughs> Oh, you know, just the hottest new energy drink that all the cool teens and gamers are drinking. Duh. Uh, okay, I don't know about that, dude. Uh, I always get jittery after drinking energy drinks, not to mention all the sugar and all those ones that are marketed towards gamers. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. They're all chalky and gross, and I don't know, I don't like them. Well, allow me to introduce you to your newest addiction, Dubby. I'm talking zero calories, I'm talking zero sugar, I'm talking zero jitters or crash, I'm talking zero bullshit like dyes, artificial colors, and chalkiness. Like, okay, I've heard a lot of claims from these other energy drink companies saying, we're not chalky. (coughs) Fucking G Fuel, shut up, (laughs) stupid dumb baby that needs a diaper, a dumb baby fucking dumb stupid baby G Fuel that needs its poop diaper change. Calm down, calm down. You're right. No, I'm not calming down, man. Fuck G Fuel. You know what? They don't have flavors like Galaxy Grenade, right? Which is watermelon, guava, and lime. Oh, my God. They don't have Dragonade, which is dragon fruit with pink strawberry lemonade, baby. They just, there's literally no downside to making the switch. I to mean, nothing. I mean, okay. I, I don't get it. Dragonade does sound pretty badass, not gonna lie. I mean, I've, I've been addicted to Mountain Dew for the past few years now, and 
I've been trying to find like a substitute for it, and it's been it's been kind of hard, Baron. It's been kind of hard. Where can I uh, where can I acquire some of this stuff? Where can I get this? Well, Luke, let me tell you. Since we are professional Dungeons and Dragonade players, <laughs> you can actually get some at w.gg and use code Encounter. That's w.gg with code Encounter. E N C O U N T E R. Use that code at checkout and you can get 10% off of your order. Or you can just click the link in the episode description. So go get you some W.GG. Oh, I get it. Like, 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 GG, like, good game. Like, like, you know, like, like, like the, like the kid, like the cool kids say. <laughs> no, no, like, uh, Goo Goo Gaga, which is what fucking G Fuel says. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. I put, I put the, was the kink and consent. Con- Consent is my kink. Consent, <laughs> consent is my kink. Honestly, consent is. We don't not. even have to have sex. Consent Just tell me you want to, and I'm like, oh yeah. Honestly, sorry. Back to vampires. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> oh, excuse me. The only reason uh, she was able to escape his grasp, this woman claimed, was because for a, there was a m- moment where Jacques got distracted by a knock at the door. And that was the moment that she took to flee out the window and fall almost to her death. Um, as news of this incident had spread, there was a new gravity to the jokes and rumors surrounding Jacques' lineage. Um, now, at this point, like I'd said, Jacques had lived in New Orleans for a decade. So there was 10 years without any such incident occurring. So was this an actual assault from a vampire or was this the tall tale cries of a hysterical prostitute? The, this was the questions that the local authorities had asked themselves. Because who believes women, right? It's, it's the early 1900s. What are we talking about? Right. Oh, uh, God. What really set these rumors into legend was what happened next. Oh, God. Jacques St. Germain was asked to come in for questioning. And the day that he was supposed to, he fled town. He said, I'm out. For real? Like he just up and left? He just up and left. The day that he was supposed to come into questioning, he was nowhere to be found. The that renowned is the greatest res- way to prove you're guilty. Literally. Literally. Right? Tale as old as time. You don't come in that because you, you, yeah, you fucking, yeah, you done did it. The renowned and respect of 10 years of decorum was just betrayed in a single day, in a single moment, in a single decision. That's insane. Looking for answers, the police ventured inside of uh, Jacques' home. On the second floor of the mansion, the police found a selection of opened wine bottles that had been sealed shut. That had been like resealed, essentially. Now, you think this is pretty normal amongst rich folk is, you know, you don't want to waste your wine and you don't want to drink the whole bottle. So you you cork it, you put it back, you save it for later. No, rich people Mm -hmm. are alcoholics. This guy would never reseal a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That might be true, as these bottles were resealed. With blood. No, you're lying. Allegedly, allegedly, the police tested these bottles and and concluded that they were a mixture of wine and blood. What? Now, as I said, everything past what we know about St. Germain at the beginning of this is tall tales. I have loosely tried to look into records of this. Uh, loosely tried to look in the records of 1039 Royal Street. It is an actual house that is in New Orleans. Um, records of Jacques Saint Germain or this incident, I can't seem to find. I've searched on the 
I've searched on the historic New Orleans collection. Um, doesn't really have much on it about this. So I'm not sure how much truth there is to this part of the legend. But allegedly, the police were there and they found blood. That's okay, crazy. question. Yeah. Do we think that maybe you said this was the early 1900s, right? Yes. What if this was just like an attempt at um, curing like anemia, like low iron count in the blood? Like, how do you mean? Well, because a glass of red wine is typically, you know, it'll bring the iron levels in your blood back up. Do you think that they do you think that people back then had a grasp on like anemia? Because if they just knew that it was like an issue of the blood, right? And they knew that red wine seemed to help combat some of the symptoms. Maybe that was like a thing with rich people was I mean, drinking. Okay. I mean, that could be because, I mean, if he was if he was pale, he was pale. And that's a that's a symptom of anemia. Anemia was recognized as a clinical entity in the early 1800s. So, yeah, that 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 checks. As someone who is like undiagnosed and a family full of people with anemia and I take iron every day because of my thoughts that I might have anemia. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It'll make you really pale. Like if I stop taking my iron pills, I get very tired. I'm up all mm-hmm. night and very pale. Like I said, Brandon Hall, the vampire that can't be trusted. And I also talk with a fun vampire accent like this guy did. <laughs> that could be. Well, let's see. Is that well, let's see if that was a thing. Because I feel like bloodletting and blood consumption was oddly popular for curing ailments way back in the day. Yeah. Bloodletting was bloodletting still a thing in the 20th century i don't i don't think so because i'm pretty sure they were doing like full-on surgeries by then because i think i think his name was like george lister i think his discovery with like germs and shit was in the 1850s and that was during surgery so like i'm pretty sure there wasn't bloodletting at the same time we were doing surgery uh a quick google search says that uh Bloodletting was a thing up until the late 19th century. So late so 1800s. Yeah, so that wouldn't still be a practice here. But they would be aware of anemia. Yes. You know, my poor NSA agent. <laughs> <laughs> With all the fucking Google searches. Yes. Can I drink blood to cure my anemia? Can I drink blood? I mean, you would technically be consuming the iron in the blood, but you would have to get sick, like infectious from that. Yeah. Like, there's no way that that's that's good for your gut biome. The short answer is no. While blood transfusions may be used as a treatment for people who have blood loss or have anemia, um, a blood transfusion is very different from drinking blood. But would they know that back then? Interesting. Humans cannot properly digest blood and its rich iron content, along with all the nutrients that we get from our usual diet. An excess of iron is toxic to humans and can become very fatal. So don't drink human blood, people. Do not do not drink human blood. It's bad for you. Unless you're Jacques Saint Germain. Unless you're Jacques Saint Germain. Nick has something similar to you too. So Nick's gonna take good care of you. Oh, what do you mean similar? Well, Nick's father. Uh, he was a superhero too, and they put him in the car and they they drive away. Oh God, that was exhausting. No, we don't do that. Why? Why are you lying to him? 
What do you that's mean? That's messed up. What do you mean? That's wrong. We just talked about this earlier, that if it gets the job done, it gets the job done. That's her perception of it. That's I not did the right... say that. Remember she I said, said that. Those were her words. The fly, the honey, the vinegar. I guess that's the bad I thing. was honey. You were, you were lying, though. You but were that lying, was honey. Honey? You're fake honey. It was a good lie. You're honey dicking him. <laughs> I did a good thing. If you like that clip, come listen to Grim Encounters. We are a campy horror actual play podcast using the chill third edition system. Only on the Encounter Code Network. This is Chillmaster North signing off. Stay spooked out there. But I digress. I digress. I just thought I'd throw that out there. That, that that's what this could be. No, that's well uh... there is there is um there's actually a medical I read a book on it like oh god, probably I don't know, 15 years ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, a blood disorder called porphyria um, became prevalent among the nobility and royalty of Eastern Europe. Um, it's an inherited blood disorder that causes the body to produce less hemi, a critical component p- component of hemoglobin, the protein in red blood cells, um, referred to as the vampire disease. The symptoms are... Sensitivity to sunlight, extreme sensitivity leading to facial disfigurement, blackened skin and hair growth, fangs, um, the gums recede exposing the teeth, blood drinking because the urine of a person with um, porphyria is dark red. Folklore surmises that they were drinking blood. In fact, some physicians have recommended that these patients drink blood to compensate for the defect in their red blood cells. Whoa. Boom. Aversion to garlic. The sulfur content of garlic could lead to an attack. Reflections not seen in mirror. In mythology, a vampire is not able to look in a mirror, cannot see its reflection. The facial disfigurement caused by um, porphyria. I'm so sorry if I'm saying that wrong. uh, Becomes worse with time. Poor oxidization leads to destruction of facial tissues and collapse of facial structure. Fear of the crucifix because of... um, the um, Spanish Inquisition. Um, some of these accused of vampires. vampires. Yeah, some of these accused vampires were innocent sufferers of porphyria. Damn. Whoa. So maybe so just, just destroyed my whole worldview. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I guess it's better to know the truth than to believe in a lie. But listen, that doesn't mean that there aren't vampires. It could be that they, I don't know, maybe they made the prevalence of the disease wider spread in order to cover the vampires. Yeah, Brand doesn't mean that you're not a vampire that can't be trusted. Right. Okay, okay thank God. <laughs> okay. My, my, my newfound title still stands. Yeah. But At least for this that episode. Could, that could be why another reason why he had blood mixed with wine, like Brandon was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that he was a son of a noble, right? <gasps> um, allegedly a descendant of uh, a noble. Oh. And Shelby hey. just said that it was popular amongst like the noble families because, you know, let's all just talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, incest. Right. <laughs> Inbreeding. If you if you want to say it, uh, uh, I guess in a culturally correct way, it's called line breeding. The purification of the bloodlines and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, not not thank you, not for me. My bloodlines dirty. Just how I like it. <laughs> Yum. Um, <laughs> uh.
with that being said, uh, and with the abrupt ending to uh, that legend, um, Saint Germain uh, became the source of attribution to other local attacks uh, throughout um, New Orleans for years to come. Um, according to the urban legend surrounding Saint Germain, uh, he has reappeared throughout history, uh, having never aged. The legend has not only inspired these tales to be told throughout the city of New Orleans, but also has inspired cocktails. And his uh, repoed residence on Royal Street has become somewhat of a tourist attraction nowadays. That'd be fun. We should have gone there while we were in New Orleans. Oh, if I had known this existed, heck yeah. Um, there are legends that say that uh, he had died after this uh, final excursion where he got caught. And today there are still people that search the St. Louis Cemetery, which supposedly hides his resting tomb. Ooh, wait, but if he ran away, how do they know where he died? So that's what, that's what, that's what makes me think that's a lot of bogus. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Well, and if he's a vampire, he wouldn't have died. Yeah. Well, naturally. Naturally. Probably. Of course. Unless, like somebody, there was a... unless we had like a, a monster hunter out in the loose. Yeah. Right. With his garlic soaked wood stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that is the story of Jacques St. Germain. Wow, we hit that. That was, I did that quick. Holy shit! That's interesting, though. Yeah, because I know there's a couple of different things, um, like medical disorders that people used to confuse with vampirism mm-hmm. back in the day. It's very interesting. What if there's similar things to like other classic monsters, like werewolves and whatnot? Um. Yeah, there is. Yeah, um, furries. Okay. <laughs> that is. Not where I was going with that. But and for I mean, how much sure. you claim to not be a furry, you keep bringing up furries. You, you do. You you talk about furries quite often. Okay, listen. Okay, Luke on our Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons show plays a druid. Druids have wild shape. Luke is the ultimate furry. I don't want to hear it. You literally play a cat boy. You literally play a cat boy. Yeah, but I don't play a vampire, which is what we're talking about right now. <laughs> I mean, were there vampire Vikings? Oh, look that up now. Were there vampire Vikings? Let's see. Was that a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the Draugr. Oh, duh. I mean, Draugr, that, with all the symptoms of, uh, what was it? Pol- not Polyphia. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The thing that we were just talking about. Um, yeah, that um, disease, not the band. Mm-hmm, Porphyria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Porphyria. Thank you. Yes, I was looking it back up, but thank you. Yeah, a lot of those symptoms could also be brought back to Draugr. Like that checks out. Mm-hmm. So what do y'all think of the tale of Jacques Saint-Germain? I think he was a vampire. Uh, he was a what vampire? is up with him reappearing? What's up with him reappearing in 1970? What is this? What? Yeah. What? 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 Look what? up. Explain. What? Look up. Count of Saint Germain. Count of Saint Germain? Mm-hmm. Wait, is that with the philosopher? Yeah, yeah. This is the guy that uh was supposedly There's... also Jacques Saint Germain. Yeah, and there's a picture of them like side by side and they look just alike. Like one is a painting and one is just actually them. The immortal man, the mysterious Count Saint Germain. Yeah, he is said to have made far fetched claims such as being over five hundred years old, uh leading the uh councilman of the time to call him the wonder man a man that does not die and knows everything see this is saying that um 
he died February 27th, 1784 in Eckernforda, Germany. Or Fjorda. Yes. Eckernforda, Germany. Supposedly. Oh, I see Supposedly. now what you're saying about him appearing again in the 70s. Yes, his name was Richard Chanfrey. C-H-A-N-F-R-A-Y. Canfrey, maybe? But they don't even look the same. I don't know, but that nose These is... guys don't even look the same. That nose is pretty on point. The, ooh, ooh, shit. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That nose is on that point. Is a it's, the, it's, the, it's the 70s hair. Yeah, the that's 70s. all that's throwing you off. The 70s the hair. hair is throwing me off. Cover up the I hair on both Some of them. The... They are identical. I know well, it's just so... a painting, but the 1700s version of him looks like Mr. Bean, and then the 1970s version looks like Harrison Ford. I think it's he aged like fine wine. Ah, oh my god! <laughs> oh Let's my god. see. Um, after 1821, Saint Germain may have taken on another identity. In his memoirs, Albert Van Dam wrote a meeting of a man who bore a striking resemblance to Count de Saint Germain, but who went by the name of Major Fraser. Fraser. Major Fraser. Um, he called himself Major Fraser, lived alone, and never alluded to his family. Moreover, he was lavish with money, though the source of his fortune remained a mystery to everyone. He possessed a marvelous knowledge of all of the countries in Europe and at all periods. His memory was absolutely incredible, and curiously enough, he often gave his hearers to understand that he had acquired his learning elsewhere than from books. Many is the time he has told me with a strange smile that he was certain he had known Nero, had spoken with Dante, and so on. Major Fraser later disappeared without a trace. Damn. So you think he's a vampire? Yeah, I believe it. I, yep. Yep. I think it's really fun to believe it, so I'm going to believe it. Same. <laughs> well, I think it's fun to be a contradiction. The same way so. that I am not fully convinced that Nicolas Cage is not a vampire. I don't think this For is real though. No, no, no. If we're talking about like current time vampires, like let's talk about Keanu Reeves I was or just about uh, to bring him Charlize up. Theron. Who? Charlize Theron does not age. Or how no, about uh, Anne Hathaway and her husband? Oh gosh, yeah, no. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's a crazy yes. one, right? Yeah. Luke, have you looked into yeah, that? Yeah, she doesn't age. No. Look up Anne Hathaway's husband. Adam Shulman. Okay. Anne Hathaway's husband. Now, I want you... Oh, my gosh. What happened to Ryan Gosling? In a new <laughs> tab. I want you to look up William Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. I Hang forgot on. about that. Hang on. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. How did this man get his hair to come back? Also. <laughs> well, also. remember back in the day, they mostly wore fake wigs. True. Because of lice. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, that hairline. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What was William Shakespeare's wife's name? What? Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Keep going, Luke. Her name was what? Anne Hathaway. What? God damn it. <laughs> I don't know what rabbit hole y'all sent me down and right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shakespeare once wrote what to his wife, Anne Hathaway, Life is too short to love you in one. I promise to love you in the next. Oh, that's cute. You don't have to love I mean, her in the next one. I mean, one you're he's an vampires. actor and a producer. Yeah, literally well, couldn't even find a new gig. Yeah. <laughs> and supposedly they met through friends at the Palm Springs Festival. Oh, and their cute. connection was instant. Oh, that's cute. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, folks. Yeah, cute for fucking vampires. If you, <laughs> if you uh, see your vampire lover 200 years later, don't make it so fucking obvious. Um, yeah. If you accidentally get caught by the police dude, don't run dude, away look the next day look look at their eyeballs sorry i'm interrupting you but look at adam's like his how his <laughs> eyeballs are set into his skull and then go back the to william shakespeare, shakespeare like shakespeare his portraits is. yes and the nose is the same and don't tap the glass <laughs> <laughs> no tap this glass i want to no. know answers <laughs>